Author Vince Everett Ellison returns to unpack his latest book, Crime Inc. that charges the entire political left with the crimes of national sabotage and cultural genocide on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Murder, rape, sex trafficking, and hate can be seen in abundance nightly on fictional TV shows. For the sake of our nation, I wish that's what my guest returns to talk about. Sadly, it isn't. This is real. And my guest contends the political left has utilized these tactics of organized crime to gain and maintain power in America. Wow. Are you ready to learn about this? Well, let's get into it. He's an author, filmmaker, and public speaker who can be heard and seen all over the conservative TV, radio, and podcast circuit. A guest on shows hosted by the likes of Monica Crowley, Laura Ingram. Brian Kilmeade, Tucker Carlson, Joe Paggs, Howie Carr, Sean Hannity. Certain to once again electrify the airwaves. I welcome back for the fourth appearance, this time to unpack his latest literary gem entitled Crime, Inc., how Democrats employ mafia and gangster tactics to gain and hold power, a man who is never at a loss for words, Vince Everett Ellison. Gary, how, how you, you doing, my brother? How you doing, my brother? Uh, my brother glad I'm to be glad, with you, man. I am glad to have you back. And it just seemed like you're right here and you just had come out with a movie and here's another book. And boy, you know, you 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 keep it real and you keep it rolling. And uh, your, your stuff is really must read and must see. So but before we delve into your latest book, I'd like to start with a little bit of background and the person who wrote it. I would think that most people don't want any part of crime either committing it or putting themselves on the line by exposing it. So it's your latest work, Crime Inc., a byproduct of you working for five years as a correctional officer at the Medium Maximum Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. Because to even talk about crime and the bad guys is, you know, it takes a certain type of individual. Yeah, well, Gary, uh, God uh, told us in, the, in, in, in our Bible 365 times he commanded us to fear not. Uh, don't fear man. We are supposed to be pleasing him. If we fear man, then we can't please God. Amen. So so these these people, you know, who are always out there screaming and yelling, talking about what they're going to do, they're not going to do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Uh, a thousand are fall, are fall by my right side, 10,000 fall by my left. So I, I just tell the truth and let the uh, chips fall where, where they may. I'm 60 years old. There ain't nobody that laid a hand on me. The only scars I got on me are the scars I got on my fist where I beat people down. So I, I, I wrote Crime Inc. to tell the truth. But the Democratic Party is an evil institution. It's not just an evil institution. It's a criminal organization. And it has always been a cr- criminal organization. It was a party of slavery from 1800 to 1860. It was a party of the Confederacy from 1860 to 1865. It was a party of Jim Crow from 1865 to 1970, over 100 years of castrating, murder, rape, keeping black people from voting, using extra constitutionalism, breaking the law. Didn't care anything about the law. Uh, you know, they, they would, they would um, uh, 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 hang black people, rig juries, 
wouldn't let them vote. It was just a lawless environment. They've always been that way. And now they're the party of abortion, Marxism, sexually grooming children, uh, disarming American people, taking God out of the public square. These people are not criminals because they run stop signs and cross their litter. They're criminals because they cause misery and death everywhere they go. And in my, in my book, I have 12 chapters explaining how the Democratic Party uses mafia and gangster tactics, the same way the mafia and the gangsters do, to hold power, to get it and hold it. And that's why I wrote World Crime Inc. to let people understand that if you vote for the Democratic Party, you might as well be putting the mafia or the triads or the crypts and the bloods in charge of the American government. And you started the book. The first thing we will read when you, even before you get to page one, you begin the book, Crime Inc., with this quote, quote, finance is a gun. Politics is knowing when to pull the trigger. And that quote is from Don Lucchese in The Godfather 3. Please explain yep. why you use that quote and how that plays into what we're talking about. Yeah, politics is a gun. It's a gun. All politics comes from the barrel of a gun. It is forced. When they pass the law on you, that means they got an army to come and enforce it. That's all it is. So when the, so when the Democrat Party passes a law that says that um, it's legal for a woman to kill her child. Now, what they're going to do now is use the federal government to finance that. And they're going to use the gun of the police to make sure that nobody can stop it. Now, that's what the mafia does, don't they? They mm -hmm. make their money killing people. Bugsy Siegel had Murder, Inc. They went around doing hits. They did about 1,500 hits during their time. Well, they got, well, the Democrat Party got 1,500 Planned Parenthoods. They do 1,500 hits every year, over a million of them, and they get paid for it. And the Democratic Party gives the Planned Parenthood $500 million a year and will shut down the government if you do not let them give them that money. The Republicans try to take it out. They say, we'll shut down the government first. Well, uh -uh, you're going to give Planned Parenthood their money. Planned Parenthood takes that money and runs their murder mills. They kill over a million children a year. And each one of those children, they get, a, they get between ten dollars and $60,000 for each child they kill. And then they give campaign contributions to who? The Democrat Party. So the mob does hits for a living to make money. Democrat Party does hits for a living. Okay. The mob also controls the union. So who else, who else controls the union? The Democrat Party. They, they take the teachers' unions. They give the teachers raises. The teachers then give money to the teachers' unions. 98% of all teachers' union, union money goes to the Democrat Party. And then the teachers go out like a group. And then they help Democrats get reelected. So it's a money laundering scheme where they take government money, give it to the teachers, teachers give it to the union, unions give it right back to the Democrat Party. And 98% of all teachers' union money, over $100 million, goes to the Democrat Party every year. All right, let's go down to the border and the cartels, the sex trafficking, the fentanyl drug trafficking, the human trafficking at that border. How do they do it? They do it because the Democratic Party will not seal that border. Why won't they seal it? Because the cartels, all of them, have K Street lawyers and lobbyists up in D.C. that they pay millions of dollars and they give campaign contributions to who? The Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party will not seal that border. And we know how that the cartels are making billions of dollars. Sex trafficking, dope trafficking, human trafficking. Over 3 million people this year come across that border. Each one paid a cartel member to do it. And the cartels then give money to the Democratic Party. See, they sexually groom children. Well, the, the mob and the Crips and the Bloods and the Triads, 
they all get their children young in the streets. They raise them up and they bring them into the mob. Democrat parties use the public educational system to do the same thing. They groom their children. They sexually groom them. They make sure they can't get an education. They make sure they are tailor-made to be on the Democrat Party plantation by the time they get out of the public educational system. This is that's just three or four ways of how the Democrats and the mob work hand in glove and are exactly the same way. They humiliate people, they beat them down, they demoralize them, and they make them no good for anybody. The Democratic Party is a criminal organization, and all of your listeners need to go to my website, VinceEllison.com. That's VinceEllison.com. You can get my books, you get my documentaries there, and we need to understand that if we vote for this party, why don't you just put a gun to your head and blow your own damn brains out? I hear you, Vince. And since you uh, brought up how it's all about the money for them, let's just go through a couple more that are in the book. How does it translate financially as it applies to sex trafficking, defunding the police, and disarming law-abiding citizens? Well, you know, if people are armed, you can't control them. A law-abiding citizen cannot be controlled. Um, actually, if you want to talk about that real, really, really, really right now, look at what's going on inside Israel. The Israeli people don't have a right to keep and bear arms. And you see Hamas came in and killed mm-hmm. over 1,300 and just raped thousands and kidnapped hundreds of them and brought them back. Why? They couldn't defend themselves. Well, same thing in the city. Every one of these big cities where there are a large group of Democrats, especially black people, they take the guns away. And when you go in there, all you got is crime and you got dope. You, the, the cartel got to need to sell the dope when they come here. And they got to make sure that their men don't go to jail while they're selling the dope. So what do you do? You defund the police so they can sell the dope. You, 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 have, you have cash list and no bail. So if they get caught selling dope, they, they also let them go. And then you fix the people where they can't arm themselves so the, all the dope fiends can run around in the street and all the dope sellers and the people can't do anything about it. This is a Democrat Party heaven. They love this. And in every jurisdiction, where this is going on, they win elections 90%. They, that's how they win. They demoralize the people. They inebriate the people. They, they, they beat them down. They tell them they're nothing. Tell them they're victims. Tell them, tell them they're oppressed. And you go through Baltimore, Chicago. John F. Kennedy stood in front of the Berlin Wall in the 60s. And he said to all the people that think that communism is a great thing, let them come to Berlin. Well, I tell you, that anybody think the Democratic Party is any good? Let them come to Chicago. Let them come to Detroit. Let them come to St. Louis. Let them come to Memphis. Let them come to L.A. Let them come to Seattle or Portland or anywhere the Democrat Party rules. It ain't nothing but a death machine. And it's a criminal organization. Okay, Vince, I got to go off script now because everything you said is true. And now, as you know, because we've talked a lot and I consider you a friend, you probably know my head is about to explode. And the reason is you just nailed it. You nailed all the cities. You talked about all the cities. We saw what happened in Portland. We saw what happened in Seattle. We know about Chicago. There are more killings and murders every week. You can't believe the number of people being killed. We know about what Detroit is. That's where Motown was back when I was a sports writer. And back in the day, there was a city where people wanted to be. Look at Mm -hmm. what it is now here's be the richest city in the world here's what i still here's all right everybody in the communities everybody's living there they put up with this crap for 50 years why <laughs> why well it's just a cognitive dissonance and a stockholm syndrome stockholm syndrome comes about when your oppressor beats you down to a point where you're so demoralized 
that you take on the the the, the consciousness and the attitudes of of your oppressor. Um, uh, uh, this this guy that was a Soviet dissident, I get his name right now, but he said that one of the things that the Soviet Union used to keep their people under control was they completely demoralized them and debased them. And when a person is demoralized, you can come to them with facts and they cannot hear them. You can come to them with proper information and they cannot hear them. You can come to them with the truth and they cannot see it. They are completely demoralized. See, you and I don't understand that, uh, Gary, because nobody can demoralize you and me. We gonna stand up and we gonna fight, but that's but 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 without average. I've seen people beat down. I've seen people completely demoralized. I've seen battered women. I've seen people on dope. You've seen, and uh, if you haven't seen it, I know you've heard of it. How these drug dealers in the street will make women do oral sex on them for a five dollar for a five dollar bag of crack. Demoralization. You'll see them how they talk to them on the street slapping them around, beating them up, treating them like dogs, complete demoralization. C.S. Lewis said hell is a choice. And when he said that, I said, oh, C.S. Lewis talking about who would choose to go to hell? But you see these people making their choices every day to get on dope, get high on crack. And when you choose that, you're choosing hell. When you choose to vote for the Democratic Party, the same party that put you in, 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 in into poverty, and you choose that party to control the school system for your own child, you're choosing hell. I watched Roots when I was growing up. It was a scene that I never forgot. Um, it was nighttime, and they were on the plantation. And this mother was walking with her daughter, this older mother walking with her young, beautiful daughter. And she was telling her daughter that if she's nice to the overseer, that he might give her a new smock or something to wear. She was taking her daughter to the overseer's uh, cabin to be raped. And she brought her daughter up to the cabin and said, she's here. And the overseer opened up the door, grabbed the daughter, ripped off her clothes, and then closed the door in her mama's face. And her mama just walked off. That's a demoralized person. And we turn our children over every year to a public educational system in Baltimore, Detroit, and Chicago that has a proven track record of not teaching them now one damn thing. $21,000 a child in Baltimore for education. Not one school up there is proficient in math, reading, or science. Not one. Nevertheless, when a Republican says we want school choice, they vote against them, even though if you ask them in polls if they want school choice, 95% of them will say yes. But they'll vote against the Democrat that says that they won't give it to them. When it comes down to sexual grooming children, no parent wants it. Drag queen story out. Grown men going into schools, shaking their behinds in children's faces. Yeah, the Democrat Party supports that. The Democratic Party is a party that castrate little boys and call them little girls. Cut off the breasts of little girls and call them little boys. Give them puberty blockers that destroy their bodies for the rest of their lives. They're a party that believes in nine-month abortion, killing babies up to nine months, and maybe afterward. They're a party that will allow demented men to go into the bathroom with your daughter and your wife. They'll allow demented men to participate in sports with your daughter and your wife. They're a crazy party that says if you're kneeling at a football game, if you're kneeling to protest your country, they'll applaud you. But if you're kneeling to pray to your God, they'll put you in jail. They're the crazy party that says, I will put you in jail if you spank your son, but I give you federal money if you want to castrate him. 
That's who these sick people are. They are criminals. They are immoral. And they have no place in our government. And all of your listeners need to understand that if you vote for the Democrat Party, knowing that they're doing this, you're sending your soul to hell. And you deserve to be there. Well, Vince, I just did nothing else for us to say, you know. But I will say this. Why is it when Donald Trump stands up and says, hey, give me a chance. I'm, I'm not part of the political system. I wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider. <laughs> give me a chance. You have nothing to lose. Well, you, re- you remember my first book, um, Gary, called The Iron Triangle. Wait, we're going to get to about, that. Go ahead. Yeah I, yeah, I talked about my time when I was working. Throw those three out. Throw them yeah, out. man. And, and I found out. That the, the most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civil rights workers form this iron triangle, and they're conduits between rich white liberals and the Democratic Party that live in Manhattan and live in LA. And these people's job, the most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civil rights workers, their job is to make sure that the majority of poor black people in those ghettos vote for the Democratic Party by hook or by crook. They got to get 90% of the vote, and they are good at it. They've been doing it for, for years. They decades. They use street money, souls to the polls, ballot harvesting, intimidation, a bottle of liquor and a pork chop sandwich, you name it. But it is constant. And there are some big cities right now that the Democrat, that the Republican Party doesn't even put up anybody to run. They don't have a slate anymore. Nobody runs in Detroit as a Republican. Nobody runs in Chicago as a Republican. Nobody runs in Baltimore hardly as a Republican. And if they do run, they, the Republicans have made a deal with them. Lee Atwater made this deal in 1992. I write about this in 25 Live, where he told, where he he saw that the, the, the that the Democrats had controlled the House for over 40 years, and he wanted to take control of the House, so he knew that he had to do something about the redistricting. So Lee Atwater came up with this idea of the majority black districts, knowing that if he put all the black people in one district, that the rest of the districts would be more white and be more apt to vote for the Republican Party. But he had to get the black caucus to sign off on it because he knew the white Democrats would not. And he told the Black Caucus, he gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. He said, if you vote for our redistricting plan, we will double your numbers in the state houses and we'll double them in, 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 in Congress. And we will make sure that you have majority black districts and when a Republican comes to run against you in those districts, we will not support him at all. You stay out of our districts, we'll stay out of yours. You can have these districts perpetually. So every politician got one thing in common. They all just want to keep their job and their seat. They don't care anything about the whole. So black Democrats didn't care about costing the Democratic Party their majority. They cared about keeping their seat. And they said, you got yourself a deal. And you never see a black Democrat get beat by anybody in those districts. They either die in them or they go to jail. So the Republicans have not been in those districts for the past 30 years. And guess what? In that time, the Democrats have only controlled the House for eight years in the past since 1992. It works for them. They're not going to change it. It's going to take people like me, people like you, Gary. You know, you have your show. You allow me to come on your show. Thank you. You're doing the hard work. You're doing the hard work. You're on every week. You put out information that people can use. And this information is spread. And I know they want to censor you, but they can't. Truth crushed down to the ground will rise again. And you're putting somebody on like me and giving me an opportunity to speak. This is how we beat them. It's not going to be. See, we ain't Democrats. We're not going to depend on the government to do it for us. We're going to do it. You know, 
uh, 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 they, 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 the Breitbart said that uh, politics is downstream of culture. Well, the arts is down, is, is upstream, is, is, is upstream of culture. You got the arts, you got culture, then you got politics. We are the arts. What you're doing is an art form. And the arts educate the culture. This is why hip hop music is so dangerous. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had uh, a, a celebration of hip hop the other day. Yeah, hip hop, the N word, the W word, the, the B, B word. word. Yeah. Yeah. Cardi B, Snoop Dogg smoking blunt, talking about shooting police, talking about selling drugs on the street. They honored that. Now, how can you tell a black child, Gary, that they are not that when the president of the States of America got Rick Ross up here calling women B's and W's? Calling people the N-word. And they and there, there was a time, and you and I remember these times where only the best and the brightest could come to the White House. The heavyweight champion of the world, Super Bowl champs, Nobel Prize laureates, guys that walked on the moon. Now they got Snoop Dogg. Now they got Rick Ross. Yeah, Barack Obama had Rick Ross, Snoop Dogg, all those nasty jokers there. Say elevating them in front of the American people saying, This is who I want, this is who I want you to be. This is what you're supposed to be like when you grow up. And then when they act like that, we want to say, well, what's wrong with our children? The Democratic Party is what's wrong with our children. Of all the perverts, liars, psychopaths, and anti-Christian bigots. And we need to run them all out in 2024. I hear you. And I thank you very much for your kind comments about what I do in the show. And I want to run it back to something that you said earlier about why you and I don't get beaten down because we're fighters. You're right, because my show has been censored and people have had issues since the very first show live three years ago. And I but I just keep going because I do this for God, family, country, constitution. As you know, it's a hobby, a God ordained hobby for me. And and uh, all I I'm only called to put it out. I get the best guess I can. Put people like you on so you can speak and speak truth to power. And I leave the rest up to God. It's tough because when you see, you know, when you see that they're doing a job on you, but that's what they do. They want us to quit and they want us to get beaten down and go home. But there's no quitting the kids. So that's not happening. Uh, There you go, brother. Now, you did say you mentioned we're in the arts and we are. You list the family, the black community, the government, the arts. Religion and education is the primary institutions and factions that the left has sabotaged. Mm-hmm. Tell people uh, exactly, see, because they're all different. Have they used different tactics for each or did they just infiltrate? And is this all the Marxist communist plan, which obviously we know that Marxists are trying to bring the country down, get rid of constitution. The way you have to do that, obviously, you they pick off the different people groups and everything. But are they using the same tactic on the family that they're using on the arts, the religion, the same tactic on the government, the education, the same tactic on the black community? Do they have something specifically for each organization and institution? Yeah, no, it's the same thing, man. It's what, you know, God told us in the book of Genesis, the fall of man, when the serpent just spoke in Eve's ear and told her, have, have truths. You won't surely die. Go ahead, eat, eat, eat of the fruit. You won't surely die. See, my first chapter in, in, in the book is the most important chapter, and I spent a lot of time on it because people need to understand where this came from. Um, I prove that today's Democratic Party 
even though the Democratic Party has always been evil, uh, this faction of the Democratic Party also has a foreign influence. Like the hey, ma- hey. mafia came from Italy. Um, the triads came from Asia. MS-13 came from South America. This part of the Democratic Party came from Moscow, the USSR. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. It goes all the way back to the Civil Rights Movement. And this is very controversial, but all my facts are absolute. Get your iPhone, Google everything that you read because it's going to blow your mind. I talk about how the Marxists jumped from the Democrat Party, I mean, jumped from the Civil Rights Movement to mm-hmm. the Democrat Party. How did they get to the Democrat Party? Well, after the Montgomery bus boycott, the Marxists was looking for somebody to organize the black community. They had not had any success at all until they found Martin Luther King Jr. There you go. And Martin, and Martin Luther King Jr. was magic, man. I don't give a, you can say what you want to say about it. Charismatic, could speak, was brave. And Bayette Rustin, a black communist, had gone to Montgomery to check out the bus boycott. And he saw King and said, I think we got our guy. Bayette Rustin then took King up to New York and introduced him to Stanley Levinson. Now, Stanley Levinson was a white Jewish communist, and he was the number one communist in America. He was on the FBI's radar. He was their financier. And all of the money for the civil rights movement, most of it came out of Moscow through Stanley Levinson. Stanley Levinson and Clarence Jones, who was also Martin Luther King's lawyer, he was a communist. They wrote the I Have a Dream speech. And when you dissect that speech, you see that speech is communist propaganda. Yep. Let me explain. When you look at what Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence, he took from John Locke's second treaty, treaties of government. He said that our rights are unalienable. That means they come from God. They, they supersede the Constitution. They supersede law. And he said and the government cannot touch these rights. They are ours. And we separate from King George because King George had touched these unalienable rights and he had no right to do it. And they said, governments are supposed to help secure these rights. And if they don't, our job is to abolish that government. Martin the King said this, and this I have a dream speech. Mm-hmm. He said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. He said five times in that speech, he contradicted the Declaration of Independence by saying five times in that speech that we were not free. And even at the very end of it, Gary, what did he say? On some, some certain day, we'll be what? Free at last? Free at last? Thank God Almighty we're free at last. Still saying at the end of the speech that we are not free. We make our children recite that speech in public school every year. They don't recite the declaration. You know why? Because you can't talk about God in public education. And the declaration said that our freedoms come from God. King said they come from government. And then he told us, he said, when will we be satisfied? We will never be satisfied. Not until truth rolls down like water and rushes us like a mighty stream. A fancy way of saying never. Never be satisfied. Well, Jesus Christ said, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. I leave it with you. He, he told us to march and complain and ask man to accept us. Stalking white folks. Well, Jesus said, don't worry about how man feels about you. Dreaming about a day that we won't be judged by a man by the color of our skin. You think I'm going to be walking around some racist white man and say, boss, uh, uh, please look over the color of my skin? No. If you don't like the color of my skin, that's his problem. He put his hands on me, he going to have another problem. And King walked around doing the one thing that no Christian is supposed to do. 
There are 11 types of people in the book of Corinthians, 6th chapter, who will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Number 11 is the extortionist. What is an extortionist? An extortionist is a person who threats and intimidation to get what he wants. And that's all the civil rights movement used. If you don't give me what I want, if you don't let me sit at the lunch counter, I'm going to march, I'm going to boycott you, I'm going to get laws passed, and I'm going to make the government put a gun in your head. Jesus Christ said you're supposed to use love. You're supposed to change your heart. If you don't change your heart, don't deal with it. You're supposed to say, if you don't let me eat at your restaurant, I'll build a better restaurant. You can get mine for free. If my child can't come to your school, I'll build a better school. You can come to mine for free. That's how you turn them. And that's why we're still at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America, because we use as a tool of the devil to try to get what we wanted. Extortion. Pride. You're going to give me what I want. Instead of saying, we're going to fix our own neighborhood. So Martin Luther King Jr. and the Marxists put that type of stinking thinking in our mind to go to government, not God. So what happens? After the Civil Rights Movement, all of these Marxists jump into the Democrat Party. How'd they do it? Well, they tried to take it over in 1968. You remember this, Gary. They was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mayor Daley, Mayor Daley beat them out. The, and, 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 and the police, they was in the streets hauling. The whole world is watching with their heads bleeding. Saul Alinsky, the guy that wrote Rules for Radicals, was in that group. He told them, you got three choices. Either go back home and find yourself a wailing wall and start crying. Go get bombs and start blowing up stuff. And if you do that, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to turn them to the, to, to, to the GOP. Or go back home. Organize. Organize. And when you come back, you be the delegates. They came back, they went home and organized, came back in 1972 in Miami and took over the convention. And when Mayor Daley came down with his Illinois contingent, they ran him out and let Jesse Jackson set the the whole thing up for the state of Illinois. And a a young Jesse Jackson, a young Joe Biden, a young Nancy Pelosi, a young Diane Feinstein, Jane Crowder, they then took over the Democratic Party and they turned it slowly into a Marxist organization. But it all came from the civil rights movement because in 1956, the common term gave, gave an explicit demand to their people working in the civil rights movement. They said, we want, you to make, we want you to make the black community a direct replica of the Soviet Union. And they've done it. One party rule, dictator worship, substance abuse, family breakdown, apostate religion. Yeah, they've done it to us. We're a third world country living in the richest country in the world. You won't send your dog down there to live where most black people live in these inner cities. Murder, rape, killing. It's a jungle down there. And they know it. But they stay elected. And they're going to spread it all over America if they get the chance. Preach, brother. Preach. And the bad thing about it, Martin Luther King at one time was called the reverend. And see... You nailed it. Jesus Christ broke the bonds of sin and the we're free in Christ. And what yes, Martin Luther King and that civil rights movement did, and I remember this distinctly, was twist people who were trying or who had been raised to worship Christ to turn and look as government as your daddy. And I'll never forget the is. day. I'll never forget the day I was probably, I can't remember how old I was, in my teens, And uh, the pastor at the church I was going to in Summit, New Jersey, predominantly black church, after the end of the service, took his robe off and had on the Freedom Fighter blue jean outfit. I was talking about going down to Selma and going down to marching. And I remember from then on, from that day on, 
it stopped being about Jesus Christ and God mm. in heaven, and it started being about rights for black people. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, and you're going to know where I'm about to go here, instead of singing a Christian song at the end of the service, they're going to be singing Lift Every Voice and mm -hmm. Sing the Black oh, National Anthem. Yeah. Right, and I'm mm -hmm. like, I didn't know then. I was too young and dumb. I wasn't even of born course. again. I didn't got, I got born again later in life, 19, mm -hmm. 19, uh, uh, 1997. But, and I even say now, what does any of that have to do with Christ? And it doesn't. You nailed thing. it all. You nailed it all. Nothing. That's chapter one. Here's some yes. of the other chapters in the book. I will burn in hell for you, a humiliation of black people, murder for hire, Stealing elections and corrupting politicians, moral relativism, relativism, exploiting a patsy, pride, and we know, all know pride is the greatest of sins, exploiting the weak, encourage vice. Can you just expound on one other chapter, give a little overview so people can see what they're getting here when they get this great book? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's something, Gary. It, uh, it's already making people's head explode. They, they, they try to undo these arguments, and, and they can't. Even when you come down to a, a, a exploiting a patsy, I talk about the Democratic Party um, uses, the, the, uses the conservatives and the white conservatives as patsies, how they will use the teachers' unions for a patsy, because people will get mad at the unions, but you don't vote for the unions, do you? You vote for the Democratic Party, so the union will take the hits for the Democratic Party. They take it all the time. Um, so, you know, they, they, they are a criminal organization. They're a criminal empire. They... They 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 raise our taxes. They steal our money. They groom our children. They destroy our neighborhoods. But they do it. Power is secondary, you know, to them. I was watching this thing today, and this guy said that in America, about seven percent of the population at any time are psychotics and sociopaths. The the the, 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 the Democrat Party has a business model where the most violent and the most evil people in America graphic to the top of it. Uh, not the smartest, not the brightest, not the best, the most ruthless, the most evil. And it's a dangerous organization because they find legal ways of causing pain, killing people. I mean, they're trying to make prostitution legal in the cities. They trying to make dope legal and they made it. They made some dope, you know, marijuana legal in some cities, this and that, the other. Uh, they're trying to make... <laughs> They're trying to, they're trying to, they're putting porn in the public education system, drag queens in public education, um, uh, murdering babies up to the ninth month. You know, anything that is bad, they're trying to expand and make legal. Hold on, anything Vince. Anything that's good, they're trying to take down. Hold on, Vince. Ninth month, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he was a senator in Illinois, wasn't Barack Obama talking about even if the baby's born alive, yeah. let's get yes. rid of it? Yes, sure enough. Just like my, my, my ex-governor here in the state of Virginia talked about. Baby's born alive, we'll send it to the side and have a conversation with the mama, see what she want to do. That's who these people are. They are evil criminals. And again, they enjoy this. You and I look at it, Gary, and we're like, Lord, God, have mercy, this is terrible. They look and say, this is beautiful. This is They're like rats, right? Rats live in sewage and, and, and filth, and, and, and they think it's great. We look at the sewage and filth, we think it's terrible. No, 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 no. They love this. They, they, they don't want to integrate. No, they lie about that. They lie about I talked about that in 25 Lies. When white people come to the black community, now, what do they call it? Gentrification, nothing. All these white folks come in here. 
They don't want to integrate. They don't want to integrate because they know white people ain't going to take the crap that a lot of these poor black people take. So these majority black districts, you want to make these jokers mad? You let white folks start moving to some of these majority black districts and you see what you get. Integration. They don't want no integration. They want to keep these people as poor. They want to keep them poor and black and afraid. They don't want you coming in here talking about hope. They don't want you talking about school choice. They don't want you coming in here talking about bringing the family back together and bringing God back in these areas. No, no. Don't talk about arming these people. Are you crazy? No. How do you keep control of an armed population? So I want your listeners to understand that the Democratic Party is a crime family. Crime Inc. explains exactly how they operate. And you'll recognize everything I talk about, because if you understand anything about it, and I, I start out every chapter with a quote from a mob movie to set it up so you'll know exactly what they're doing. You will understand exactly who they are and who you've been supporting or who you have to fight against if you read Crime Inc. So go to VinceEllison.com. That's VinceEllison.com. Check it out. It'll blow your mind. It will. Vince, thanks for coming on. I have one more last question for you. Can you Mm -hmm. lighten the uninformed as to the myriad of insidious hidden agendas all designed to transform we the people into we the government? That's what you've done. You're looking to enlighten people. Now, hopefully you've gotten attention here of the listening audience. I'm sure some people have climbed up on a ledge. Okay, please try and get them off the ledge by telling them what we the people can do to stop this. Yeah, man, look. In our Bible, at the beginning, Cain was angry because God had rejected his offering and accepted the offering of his brother Abel. Cain was getting ready to kill Abel because of his anger and his jealousy. Same way we're doing now with America, marching, fighting, burning stuff up. And God could read Cain's mind. And Cain was God's grandson. And he was concerned about it. And he gave Cain a, a peek into how he had wired up the mind of every human being. And it was, it's, it's, it, I've read this a thousand times and then I read it one day and it's a wow, this is just amazing. God looked at Cain and he said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, mm-hmm. will you not be accepted? And if not, sin waits at the door to master you, but you must master it. God told Cain, if you do well, you will be accepted. And look at and, and when you look at America, you see people like Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Jackie Robinson, Joe Lewis, uh, 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 Jesse Owens, and, and 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 just in your community in general, a man that works hard, a man that keeps his word, a man that that goes to church on Sunday, stays married to his wife and his children, he's respected, regardless of his color. If you do well, will you not be accepted? This is what we have to understand as a people. Don't depend on the government. Depend on God. Do well. Everything you put your hand to, do it well. Cut your yard well. Wash your car well. Get good grades. Keep your word. Work hard. Pray. Then good people will come to you. Push bad people away. And that's how you make it in America. You don't make it by complaining, angry, jealousy, envy, hatred. No justice, no peace. Burn, baby, burn. You know, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. And then we're going to walk around and let some racist take it from us? I'm oppressed. How can you be oppressed if you're a child of God and heir of Jesus Christ? How can you be a victim? I've never met a white man superior to me. Why? Because I'm an heir of Jesus Christ and I'm a child of God. Well, they say that it's a privilege to be white. 
Well, you heard me say this on, on Tucker Carlson, uh, 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 Gary. I said, yeah, it is a privilege to be white, but it's also a privilege to be black. And it's a privilege to be an American. But more than anything, it's a privilege to be a Christian. Living in the United States of America, where if you want to work hard and keep your word and pray to your God, you can choose anything that you want. Don't fall for the lie. Don't fall for the trap. And don't go to hell for these Democrats. Nobody's worth it. But they really are not worth it. I so hear you. This, go ahead. So so this fall, when you get ready to go vote, you vote these suckers out and you stand firm and you stand for God and you stand for America. I hear you. You know, they they have that. You heard that. No justice, no peace. I, I here in New York, in Long Island, I have a hat. I had a hat made up that says no Jesus, no peace. There you and go, it's brother. funny. It's funny when when people yeah. look at it and, you know, when I'm walking around, people look at it, they look. And I can see some people want to say something, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, well, if I want to take him on over this, like, oh, you, you're not down for the street. They, they see that Jesus word and then ah, nah, I better leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know because see, you see, you and I know that you can't have my peace. I'm not going to give it to you. Jesus gave me my peace. It's a gift. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you take it. Man, you lost your mind. You got to go on. I'll put something else on you. And like I say, Christianity is not a religion of nonviolence. It's a religion of non-aggression. Gary, there's no virtue in you and I walking down the street seeing a young girl getting accosted yeah, there and, getting you go. and we just walk past it. No, we're going we gonna to grab that guy, whoop him until he stop fighting and turn him into the police. That's our job. But they have convinced a lot of black men that Christianity is a castrating religion. Where like Martin Luther King Jr. show, you're supposed to lay down and let people beat your ass all the time. No, not me. As I say again, and to any of your white listeners, listen to me. If any of these people come up to you telling you that you're responsible for their life and, and for, for their failures, this is what you tell them. You tell them you're a slave looking for a master. I refuse to be your master. If you want a master, go to the Democratic Party because their master's looking for slaves. Short of that, I teach you how to exercise your freedom as a free man. If you want a good doctor, I bring it, I take you to him. If you got a good preacher, I take you to him. If you want a job, I have to find one. But short of that, if you try to hurt me or mine, or put your hands on me to cause me any type of harm, I got two things to get you off of me. What's I that, what Jesus and Jesus and my thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. You better not try me. <laughs> yeah, and for those who aren't biblically, you know, really up on the big, just so you know, the first time Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them with nothing but the shoes on their feet. The second time he sent them out, they took they took a weapon. So they took weapons. Yes, they did. Well, the second time, the last time he sent them out, take that stick or take what you know, you know, you, you, you know, because you're going to face. He knew what they were going to face once he ascended that what they were going to face. They were going to face exactly what we're facing here. Vince, I really appreciate you coming back on. Please tell people how they can reach you, how they can your, get your product and anything else you'd like to promote. Hey, y'all can find me on Twitter at Vince E. Ellison. Y'all can also find me on Facebook, Vince E. Ellison. You can go to my website, VinceEllison.com. Three E's in the middle, VinceEllison.com. You can find the book anywhere where books are sold. You can definitely get it on Amazon. You'll have it in two days. You can get it off my website. You can get my documentary. You can watch the trailer. Tucker Carlson, Sean Henry, and Garrett Benford will tell you the trailer is awesome. It is awesome. You watch it, you'll want to get the DVD, or you want to stream it. So I want to thank you, Gary. You're an awesome guy. I always love conversing with you, man. You're a man of God. You're a stone cold patriot. You're a strong black man. And this is how we beat them. We don't ask their permission. We go out there and we do it ourselves. Christians have to talk to each other, love one another, 
encourage one another, embrace one another. We're going to beat them with love. But don't take my love for weakness. Don't take it for weakness. That'll be a mistake. But I love you, and I'll do everything I can to help you. So God bless you, Gary. Thank you for all that you you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on again, Vince, and uh, keep doing what you're doing because we need more voices of truth like this. And people, the name of the book, again, is Crime, Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia and Gangster Tactics to Gain and Hold Power and the Guest, Mr. Vince Everett Ellison. I want to thank Vince Everett Ellison for boldly raising the curtain and providing us well-researched information in regard to the political left's blatant criminal activity that affects us all. Keep speaking truth to power, Vince, and don't let them grind you down. I certainly don't see that happening because you truly are a warrior for Christ and for our country. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope to subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. For first-time listeners, we encourage you to look at the podcast archive located on the page. All episodes are there with more than 100 high-profile guests, including Ben Carson, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Carrie Lake, Diamond and Silk, Will Witt, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Carol Swain, Judge Janine Pirro, Monica Crowley, Star Parker, Ian Pryor, Brigitte Gabriel, Brandon Tatum, Claire Lopez. That's a wrap for now, folks. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.